Yes, my friends, how's it going? This is episode 17 of the Modern Day Leader. And I thought today it would be really cool to share the journey of LEP Fitness, which started in 2011. I can't believe it. I've literally had the business now for 12 years. And I can honestly say it's been the best thing in the world. That after meeting my beautiful wife, Sally, and having my two children, it's, it's definitely been the best thing that's ever happened. But boy, has it been the hardest thing that I've ever had to do alongside, you know, bringing up two kids as well. I think the two hardest things that I've experienced in my life is one, building a business, and two, is becoming a dad, being a parent. They're literally like... Yeah, they've absolutely changed my life and I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, but yeah, there's definitely been a lot of challenges. So I just thought it'd be cool just to share the story of LEP Fitness because, again, I think a lot of people see on social media where the business is now, but what you don't see is the backstory. What you don't see is the ups and downs and there's a hell of a lot of lessons and wisdom, I believe, in the story. And I just thought it'd be really, really cool for anybody that's interested just to see how the business has evolved and hear some of the ups and downs, some of the hardships and ultimately like some of the lessons as well. And I'm very confident that this will help a lot of people, not just in business, but with things that you're passionate about and with the journeys that you're going through, we're all going through a journey, whether that's building a business, whether that's becoming a parent or becoming a better parent, you know, whether that's developing your career or working on a project or just going through a different chapter of your life. Every single one of us on this planet has our own individual journey and we're going through challenges. So I think sometimes it's good to hear what other people have been through because all of a sudden we don't feel as alone and we realise that there's ups, there's downs, there's highs, lows, everything in between. But if we keep cracking on with our mission, most of the time we're going to actually get to where we want to get to. We're just going to have that confidence back in and belief within ourselves. So without further ado, let's delve in to the story of LEP Fitness. Now, both before the business, I think it's important about looking at how the business was came to fruition in the first place. And I mentioned this on one of my podcasts where I shared my, my story, my 35 year story. And I've been into fitness pretty much from a very, very young age. You know, I was playing ice hockey. Um, I was absolutely obsessed with my hockey. I would come home from school and I would do laps around the block. I would play hockey with a golf ball. I would shoot some pucks. I spent most of my childhood in an ice rink, believe it or not. So fitness has always been a big part of my life. And then when I stopped playing ice hockey, it was... I actually started training because I was insecure. I wanted to look good. I was very, very skinny. A lot of my lad, a lot of my uh, friends, the guys that I was hanging around with, they were a lot bigger, stronger, taller. So for me, I felt quite insecure. So it went from me training to be good at ice hockey to be training because I wanted to build muscle. Um, so instead of me being skinny, I decided I wanted to become bigger. So I started training in my dad's gym. My dad had like this pretty cool setup at home in his house. I started reading the likes of Men's Health and reading um, fitness magazines like Muscle and Fitness and Flex magazine and I just started copying workouts in there. I started to get a little bit bigger and as a consequence of that I started to get more respect from my mates, felt more confident in front of girls etc. So I think it's important to recognise that like fitness has been a big part of my life and for me I think it was kind of written in the stars that it would evolve to the place where I'm at now. Then I obviously went to college, I did sports science, um, which I absolutely loved. Then I went to university, I did sports science as well. Sorry, at college I did A-level science, A-level PE. 
um, and then I went to university and I did sports science at Sheffield Hallam University and I actually spent more time in the gym than I did attending uni. My attendance was absolutely shocking at university and pretty much I was either in the gym training or I was watching YouTube videos of people like Steve Cook, Greg Plitt, the Harrison twins. These were people that were massive before kind of social media became huge. When we were at uni, we did have Facebook, but there wasn't Instagram. Um, it was really just kind of like Facebook and YouTube. And it wasn't like, there just weren't as many fitness influencers. So yeah, I would watch hours and hours of these people. Um, I would I joined Greg Plitt's website membership, and I think it was about $10 a month, which was quite a lot for a student. I remember most of my money at that time was spent on booze, going on nights out, and buying cheap clothes from Top Man. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers those three t-shirts for £10 in Topman, but those they, those literally got me through like my three or four years at university. But yeah, money was tight, but I still signed up to this Greg Plick website and I watched so many videos about him training. He was also very big on mindset. He was one of the guys that kind of brought the mindset to the whole fitness scene, talking about like mental health and how to improve your resilience and determination. Um, and I absolutely love Greg Plick. He's like definitely one of my idols and helped me a lot. So before kind of starting the business, this is the background story of how everything was formulated. I was fitness obsessed. I'd started to already train and start to get good results myself. Every bit of spare time that I was getting, I was studying and just learning just out of interest, just because it was a hobby that I was very, very passionate about. I would read books. I read Arnold's Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding, which is like a legendary book. And I just, just loved doing that. Then once I was coming towards the end of university, for my dissertation, I came up with a business plan, and you're going to laugh at this, but my business plan was to start a boot camp, and again, boot camps weren't actually that big. In about 2010, boot camps weren't really big. There was a couple of businesses doing them. Nowadays, every single park pretty much has like a boot camp, but it was still, like this was in the early days of doing the boot camps. So I thought, okay, this is a great business idea. I think it's really good getting people together in a group, doing fitness classes. And I came up with um, a business idea called The Only Way is Boot Camp. And this was based off the TV show, which was huge at the time, called The Only Way is Essex. It's still on the TV now, but I don't think it's as popular as it, as it was. So I thought, oh, this is amazing. Like, everybody's going to be on it. Everybody that was at university was watching The Only Way is Essex. So if I can do fitness classes and call it the only ways boot camp it will boom and then I quickly realized I thought no this is going to be a fad it's going to die out and it's absolutely crap so I, I'm glad I didn't run with that idea because I think it's a terrible name so instead I came up with the name LEP fitness and I always get asked this like what does LEP stand for what does LEP stand for and it stands for the life enrichment program and for me even though I was writing a business plan. I didn't really have a clue what I was doing. I just knew that I wanted to help people get fit and I wanted to take them on a similar journey to the journey that I'd been on, you know, to help them build confidence, empower them, and just so that so people could feel good with the t-shirts off and just good walking around in their own skin each day. And I knew it was going to be much more than just fitness and nutrition. I knew it was going to be about building people's confidence. So that's why I went with the name Life Enrichment Program, helping people mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and just yeah, layering on the, la the layers as opposed to just focusing on training and food, helping people with the mindset and the confidence because they all go hand in hand. So that's how I kind of got to this point. Then the early years, so this is like once I'd had the idea, now it's like, oh my God, how am I actually going to put this into action? And I thought, okay, I'm in 
good shape, you know, I'd gone throughout university in good shape. A lot of my identity was kind of back then formed on how I looked. And I thought, right, well, I, people are going to look at me and think, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. Therefore, I'm going to sign up with him. And I just thought as soon as I announced on Facebook that, my, you know, I've got a business, people would come flocking in. The reality was nobody came flocking in. And the first two years, probably the toughest years of my life, to be honest with you, uh, we were living off Sally's wage, which was about £8 an hour. Um, we were absolutely broke. Let's just say that every single month we were counting pennies. We were looking for pennies pretty much just to be able to pay for the shopping. And I'll never forget that there was uh, one time it was absolutely chucking it down with rain. And uh, we went down to Aldi to get our weekly food shop and we'd spent like literally everything that we got. And then Sally looked at me and said, Nick, you know, like, let's just get the bus back. It's chucking it down. I said, Sam, we haven't got the money. And we had to walk back with these shopping bags, which nearly split just as we were about to get to the house because they were absolutely soaked through. And it was just tough because a lot of my friends kind of left university. They went into jobs where they were earning maybe like 20 to 40,000 pounds a year doing well for themselves, you know, going out on the weekends and I just didn't have any money and it was very, very difficult and no matter what I seemed to do, I just couldn't get things moving. I uh, applied for like a £500 grant from the university, which I got, got loads of flyers designed. We, me and my friend Ryan Dutton, uh, who's also a coach actually, he's, he's built up a successful business. We basically created this flyer, copied the Domino's voucher and I handed it out all around Sheffield and yeah, it's safe to say that it was a massive flop. And uh, I think the first three months, I think I probably only picked up maybe like three clients. Um, and those clients were paying about £7 a session. So if you think about it, I was probably doing about six sessions a week. And yeah, probably making £45 a week. It, like it's not enough to live basically. So it was really, really difficult. I didn't have much equipment. I had like some rusty old kettlebells. I had like a TRX you know, that I'd gotten from like a Christmas present years and years ago, some old dumbbells and I basically had very basic equipment. Nobody was signing up and my confidence was, all of a sudden I'd gone from being this pretty confident lad at university um, to like, oh my gosh, like all my friends are succeeding. I'm failing, like nobody's going to invest in me. And it was a very humbling experience. And I remember going through periods of depression where I'd literally just stay in bed for two weeks and I'd feel like I had weights shackled onto my legs and I just couldn't get out of bed because it was just this humbling experience like oh my gosh this is a lot harder and I realized like I had a couple of choices because people were starting to almost like say come on Nick like maybe you do need to think about doing something else my, my dad had kindly given me some money I think my dad gave me about three months worth of money after I left university and said there you go Nick but then after that like I think you know let's, let's try and stand up on your own two feet so that was amazing my dad to do that but I also knew that actually, even though he'd never seen me out on the street and he probably would have helped me again, I couldn't go back. It was a personal pride thing. So I just literally worked every single hour of the day. I woke up one day after kind of feeling sorry for myself and going through a bit of a bout of depression. I thought, right, nobody gives a shit. Like my friends like me and they care for me, but most of the time they're focusing on their own work. They've got their own responsibilities. And when they're going out on Friday night spending the money, uh, they're not thinking about me like it was this really humbling experience that nobody's going to come and save me I've got to go and do the work and that's what I did and I knocked on people's doors and I slowly started to pick up clients I was handing out more flyers I'd go to Encliffe Park on a summer's day and just speak to people see if they wanted to do free sessions um, I put ads on Gumtree Sheffield Forum Sheffield Forum was like a big website I think it's still going to this day 
but I just spammed it saying like coaching session, free coaching sessions. I actually got blocked from it. I had to keep setting up new accounts. And I just thought I, I was just on this mission where I was like, nothing was going to stop me. I've never felt drive like it. And I was just relentless. And then after months and months and months, I think after about six months, I probably got to about five or six clients. So it was, it was building, but it was extremely slow. Then I applied to go on to Groupon. I don't know if Groupon still exists, but it's basically where customers get amazing deals on products. And we, I came up with this deal. I had to fight to get onto Groupon. I had to pester them. I, was, I think I was pestered them for, for about two months, like every single day, like, let me on this. Like, you've not got any fitness products. Let me come on your website and let's do like an offer of like, you know, some free coaching sessions. I said, well, we're not going to do coaching sessions, but if you do like a boot camp, um, and you, you get people in that way, then we'll do it. So I said, right, great. So they basically said, right, you get 12 boot camp sessions for, I think it was about six to eight pounds. I can't remember the exact number. And I would only get, I think it worked out about a 60p a session, which, yeah, is absolutely ludicrous looking back. But I knew that if I could get in front of a lot of people, people would sign up. Even if, say, 50 people signed up and only five of them signed up, that would have all of a sudden doubled my business. So I did that. Uh, for three months, I worked absolutely relentlessly, get in front of these people, doing a good service, building relationships. And then off the back of that three months of barely being paid anything and being absolutely knackered, I think there was about 15 to 20 people that signed up to full packages. And the, those packages back then, were, I think they were about £300. So all of a sudden, I had quite a big injection of cash, enough to the point where I could you know, comfortably pay my rent and bills for, I think it was about like the next three months or so. So all of a sudden it was like, okay, I've got some money. And it also, the, the most important thing outside of the money was it gave me the confidence of backing and belief that if these 15 to 20 people thought I was good enough to invest 300 pounds in, there would be another 15 to 20 people. And then another 15 to 20 people after that. So it was actual belief that this was the first time. And this was about like, just after a year in, I'd say, that I actually felt validated and that there was a possibility that this could happen because up until that point, it was knocked back, setback after setback, rejection after rejection. And, you know, it takes a lot of resilience to keep bouncing back when, you know, I'm all for like, yeah, you get knocked down once, you get back up. But when you're getting knocked down, I probably got knocked down 20, 50, 100 times that year. And it's pretty hard when you just keep getting up and getting smacked in the face, it's hard to keep going. But yeah, after being smacked in the face so many times, I just thought, right, I'm just going to keep getting up. I'm going to keep getting up. And then eventually it started to pay off. And then with, with that money, a lot of people, um, well, a lot of people kept signing up after they finished the block. So I'd had this kind of like passive income of, of, of customers coming through, which was great. I paid for a website. I also paid for like Google ad, AdWords, which is like where you can basically get to the top of Google if you pay. And then people click on your advert and then you get charged for the advert. And I was quite ahead of the curve to be honest. A lot of local coaches back then would just go to the gym. They had their own, you know, the clients coming through the doors. And that was good in the sense that it was easy for them to get clients. But the downside was that they had to pay a lot of gym rent and they weren't necessarily like learning what it took to market and to find different ways of getting clients. So it was an advantage that they didn't have to maybe work as hard to get clients. But the lessons that I learned in business and marketing and, you know, how to attract people to your business was was immense. So uh, I felt like I was ahead of the curve, you know, even stuff like SEO, search engine optimization. I started learning about that Um, had a team that started to do that so that people could naturally find me onto Google 
and I was also really big on social proof. I was already starting to get lots of testimonials on Google, lots of testimonial videos. So I, I think I was very ahead of the curve. Looking back, you know, when I started the business, whatever it was, about 12 years ago now, I was doing things that even people aren't doing to this day. And that's what allowed me to start to the tides to turn, basically. Um, I think the, the hard work, the harsh lessons that I learned early on and the forward thinking of doing some of these things ahead of other coaches allowed me to kind of progress at a much faster rate. Then years three to four, like I said, things started to pick up even more. My reputation started to grow. I was getting results with clients. Clients were referring me. Um, I was There was a lot of like positive um reviews on on social media and on google etc and i was up to doing about 50 to 60 sessions a week so my whole life was work didn't really see my friends for about two years didn't really even see my family i was quite stressed i burned out everything was either like coaching learning you know i was going on courses on like sundays i was traveling to like places like nottingham learning from people like mark coles traveling to manchester learning from people like phil learning who are big people in the fitness industry so I was coaching, I was learning, and I was training. Like literally, those years three to four, that's all I was doing. I was either in the gym, I was thinking about the gym, I was coaching clients, and I didn't have any time for anything else. But the upside of that, you know, was that really allowed me to get a lot of experience at my craft. And those were like the years where I built up a lot of my knowledge. I also got myself in a really good financial position because I'd increased my prices to about, I think it was about 30 to 40 pound a session then. So I was earning, you know, good, good money, I think off the top of my head, probably about 70 to 80,000 pounds a year. So from years three to four, things really started to take off. And as a consequence of that, I had money in the bank. So me and Sally bought a house. Um, and then all of a sudden, instead of me coaching people outside, which is what I was doing when I was doing the kind of boot camp sessions and the one-to-one -one sessions, now we had a room in the house that I could train people and I absolutely loved it because, <coughs> excuse me, still got a bit of a cough, because I've gone from being outside to having an indoor place, I could blast the music, I got some adjustable dumbbells, a bench, a squat rack, it was a really basic setup, but for me, it was like, wow, like over the last four years, I've actually built a business, I've built a reputation, I've got some finance behind me, and I've now got a like my own little mini gym. It's only a small mini gym. But that for me was like, wow, this is this I've achieved my dream. That was my dream back then. So I spent years five to six training people indoors. I was doing about 40 to 50 sessions per week. I increased my prices. Um I also got lots of other opportunities as well. So I was actually writing for fitness magazines. Um, you know, building up passive income streams on ebooks, such as I created an ebook called the 28 Day Keto Challenge, which is basically where you just don't eat carbohydrates for 28 days. I put together a program, I did some YouTube videos on it, I did some blogs which ranked really well in Google, and I managed to sell sell over 5,000 copies of this ebook, which was absolutely crazy. Um, and again, the ebook was only like 10 pounds, but if you do the maths, that's that's quite a lot of lot of dollars so I started to actually explore how you know you could build a business online this was almost like the the segue into understanding what it was like to build a business online and because I understood SEO back then like how to rank your articles high in Google and because I'd been writing a lot of articles for my website I was getting a lot of traffic from people outside of Sheffield interested in buying some of the stuff that I put together so 28 day keto challenge sold over 5,000 copies I also wrote a book 
called The Ultimate Guide to Building Your Personal Training Business. So this was an ebook, and this was about like the journey that I'd been on and how I'd built everything and how I'd got my SEO in place, got the Google AdWords, what I did for like cancellation policies, how I ran the sessions. It was basically like everything that I'd done to that point. And that sold nowhere near as much as the 28-day keto challenge. But that sold 250 plus copies. So again, and that, that book was about 20 pounds. So this year was like years five to six was I was doing more coaching sessions. Sorry, about the same coaching sessions, but my prices had increased. And I was also starting to like explore the online world um, about how you could like create a really good product and then sell it at scale for, for less of a price. In terms of the blogging as well, um, as I just mentioned, like I wrote over a thousand articles for my own website. I was literally sharing everything that I knew on training and nutrition. And I've got a couple of websites. I've got lepfitness.co.uk, which is really like all about was my one-to-one coaching website, but that all the articles are still live there. Then I've got LEP Transformations, which is pretty much my main website now. And that's all the online stuff that you see on Instagram. But I wrote a thousand articles uh, for a website and people started to notice and asked me to write for them. So I've, I've written for people like bodybuilding.com, Men's Health Magazine, the online version, and also the My Fitness Pal blog. So my reputation started to move outside of Sheffield and a lot more kind of like UK based and even global. I think bodybuilding.com was an American brand. So people were saying, you know, we've seen this article that you've wrote. Would you mind writing some articles for us? And we'll pay you for them. So again, that was another way of me building the business. I was doing the one-to-one coaching. I was selling the eBooks online just through ranking well on Google, not even having to pay for advertising. And then I was also getting paid really handsomely for writing for fitness magazines. So years five to six is when I'd say the business, you know, really went to a completely different level. Years seven to eight, this is when um, I, I felt like a different challenge. Like I was getting quite settled with where I was at but like most things in life once you get to a new level it's great once you've achieved what you set out to achieve but then after a period of time you start to get a bit stagnant and you think okay well there's got to be some other challenge I honestly believe that a lot of us want a comfortable and easy life but the happiest life is where we have got challenges we have got things that are testing us and if we stay settled for too long we almost start to decline and our inspiration starts to go. And I'd say year seven to eight, I was starting to notice a bit of a dip and achieved everything that I wanted to achieve, but I knew that I was capable of more and I just fancied another challenge. So I basically got a PT studio built in my house. So instead of training people in a small room in my house, I got a big PT studio done in the garden and properly kitted out as a gym, like a pretty much like a commercial gym. So there was gym flooring, there was a squat rack with pull-ups, there's um, there's a rowing machine, there's an assault bike, the ski erg machine, dumbbells that go up to 50 kilograms, you know, and all the kind of like extra bits of equipment that you get. So that was then the next stage for me to get the PT studio built. Years nine to 10 was a combination of one-to-one PT and there's also another trainer who was actually a client for about six years and then decided he wanted to become a PT. So between us, we were doing around 80 sessions a week. So there was the PT business, there was the studio, um, there was another coach working as part of the team. Um, and that was like the next step, basically. And that was really fun, like actually having somebody else help with the sessions because it got to the point where I got a waiting list of, it was over 20 people. And there was no way, because people weren't leaving, like my retention rate for the one-to-one coaching was like people were staying for the average client journey was about two years as a one-to-one coach. So 
yeah, when you're already fully booked up and each person is with you for an average two years, it's not very easy to take on new people. So this is why I hired a coach. So uh, that was really, really exciting. Um, and also I started to dabble with online coaching. So I was fully booked. We were getting this other coach. He was up to about 20 sessions a week. And then I was, as online coaching started to become a bit more in fashion, I also was doing that on the side because I realized that with online coaching, I could maybe dedicate half a day to it each week hand out plans, do some like basic check-ins, which was just all done on like a basic Google Forms document. And that's what allowed me then to start building up the online clients. So I built up to about 20 clients over over a couple of year period. So it wasn't anything like majorly impressive, but it was me kind of dabbling in a different world and how I could translate my skills from being a face-to-face coach to an online coach. Then years 11 to now. So this is pretty much, I'll probably say from like 2001 to where we are now moved to online coaching. We've got around 80 clients at this minute, coaching people all over the world. Most of my client base is from England, probably about 70%, but I also coach people outside. So I've got clients in the USA, I've got a client in Australia, a guy in Monaco, Ireland, Scotland, Netherlands, New Zealand, which makes up around 30%. So it's about 70% of our client base is based in England, and then 30% is, is based outside of that. So that's been where we've been at, really. And uh, absolutely love the online coaching. And most of the people that we coach now are guys. We do have a couple of ladies in, in the program um, who are absolute savages. And, and for me, even though we, we do work with men and women, it just tends to be more guys that reach out to us. I think based on the body transformation stuff, based on the content, probably just a little bit more relatable. So that's where we're at to this moment in time and absolutely love it and I've got to just say this like with each of those chapters that I've just mentioned I've tried to kind of keep this under 30 minutes because I could quite frankly talk about this for hours and hours but every single chapter has come with challenges there's been setbacks and there's been so many little details so many ups and downs that it's it's kind of like hard to just put in a 30 minute podcast but that's basically the story of LEP Fitness. That's how things have evolved. And I think it's pretty incredible going from, you know, a kid who had this idea that he wanted to start a business, he had a huge passion for fitness, but was absolutely clueless about how to run a business, has ended up going to this position and looking at the different phases, the different cycles, the struggles, the setbacks, the first two years, like the hardest two years of my life. But it also shows you that if you've got a passion, if you genuinely care about what it is that you're doing and if you can keep that mindset of just keep getting back up have that mental resilience to keep going you can build the life that you want and honestly I look back now and even as I was like writing down some ideas for this podcast like wow this is like the first time I've actually stopped and appreciated the journey that I've been on and it fills me with an immense sense of pride and I hope this this podcast doesn't come I hope it, it comes across in the right way. This is like a humble brag. I'm proud of the journey that I've been on. It's been freaking difficult. But looking back, I think, you know, this is a kid, right, that left school with five GCSEs and was was called stupid, who's in the bottom set for most subjects. Um, you know, this is a kid that at university, everybody took the mick out of me because I was a bit daft and a bit stupid, a bit of a clown, and I'd never read a book in my life. So when I look at, like, the labels and how I used to be versus how I operate now I'm immensely proud of that um, and the journey that I've been on and the person that I've become and the person that I'm becoming as well you know this for me is still the start 
and you know we're looking at 12 years in business but I want to be in business for for 30 years and I want things to evolve further and yeah I want to keep going through challenges I want to keep learning I want to keep growing this is why I'm still obsessed this is why I still have coaches I still have a fitness coach I still have a business coach I have a mindset coach this is why I still read you know at least 20 books a year and listen to two to three podcasts every single week like this is just the start for me. So yeah, I just wanted to share that. I don't know what you thought of it. I'd love to get some feedback, love to get some comments. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed listening to the story of LEP Fitness. It's been an eventful 12 years and I'm looking forward to the next 12 years and beyond.